All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Outside the Studio. My name is Tessa Tovar. I am your host. You might see a little kitty tail in the background. That is Ormiga. She likes to accompany me on podcasts, yoga classes, and anytime I am in the kitchen, she is my little kitchen manager. Uh, today I have a really exciting guest to share with you. Uh, her name is Erica Giselle, Erica Giselle Penner. She is a powerhouse of a woman who has recently built a career in life coaching. The thing that I think is really cool about Erica's approach to life coaching is it's very heart centered, which I don't know if anyone out there listening has experienced life coaching, but I think oftentimes, and Erica and I kind of go into this, there's more of like a strategy or um, very uh, masculine approach to life coaching. And um, I'm excited for you to hear how Erica works with life coaching. So she focuses on helping women rise to their fullest potential in a world where, as she would say, we should all over ourselves, often to our detriment, or maybe we talk ourselves out of the greatness that we were born to achieve. So Erica's, she's got a unique perspective. She was born in Cairo. She was raised in the UK. She recently settled here in the Pacific Northwest, and that's been her home for the past nine years. Uh, and she began her coaching career, her life coaching career in 2019. So in this episode, we talk about her business. It's called Helping Women Rise. Um, you learn all about what life coaching is um, and that broader umbrella term and uh, the different approaches to life coaching. So what it is and why it's important and how it can be applicable to your life if, if it's something that you're, you're curious about looking into. Also, Erica shares some of her daily rituals that I think are so salient and just helpful if you're looking for something to kind of add bookends to your day to help your day feel a little bit more structured, calm, uh, something to help you through the chaos of these times. And the thing she's, she's given us a couple of freebies. So this one in particular, it's, it's called her heart talk project. And I believe it was inspired by a book of poetry written by Cleo Wade, which if you're curious about checking that out, I have a link in the show notes. Um, so her, this particular heart talk project, she is, what she's doing is she's giving away 15 free life coaching sessions beginning April 5th, which is today, um, through the 25th. So there's a little application link there. If, if life coaching is something you want to check out and you like what Erica has to say, you can apply to get a free session with her. No strings attached, no money required. Uh, and then there is a little free workbook Erica shares about um, getting in alignment. So we talk a little bit throughout the podcast about um a few of her programs. And one of them is to see if you're living your life in alignment with, you know, your desires, your goals, or if you're kind of going through things, motions, actions, unconsciously. It's a little fun freebie there. Uh, also including a daily mantra service link. So all kinds of fun, good stuff to check out in this episode. Be sure to look for those links in the show notes without further ado, I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did with Erica Giselle Penner. 
All right. So here we are outside the studio, another episode, and I'm really excited to have on the show Erica Giselle. She is a really incredible woman who is doing incredible things, and I'm excited to have her tell us about what exactly she's doing. A few little teasers that we'll dive into are um, her business, Helping Women Rise, and um, it's, I believe, my understanding of it, Erica, is that it is, it's kind of like a life coaching platform, but you have very specific programs within that platform, um, and you're also starting a particular project called the Heart, Heart Talk Project, mm-hmm. um, which was inspired by a book of poetry by Cleo Wade. Um, and then other things I want to cover with you are like your yoga practice, because I know you're a fellow yoga teacher, um, daily rituals, words of wisdom, all that good juicy stuff that keeps us motivated and inspired as fellow human beings on this (laughs) wild planet. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Crazy past couple of years. Um, so I think I'd like to start off with helping women rise, um, can you talk me through that a little bit? Like it's inception, what gave you the idea, um, what it is? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm so excited to be here today chatting with you and I'm excited for the juicy topics that we're going to cover. So i um, happy to dive in on helping women rise. That is the sort of tagline or slogan on my website. I really think it captures the work that, that I do with women. I've always had this um, pull toward um, women's empowerment and the collective ripple effects that that can have when I can help um, either one-on-one or through a group coaching program to elevate women, whether it's in their, their life, their career, their business. And when we get women together that are all tapped into that, the ripple effects, as I mentioned, are just incredible. And so um, I like to think that little by little, it's actually making a big impact on the world if, if everybody is, is going about um, tapped into their own, um, their own purpose, their own values, and living that out and creating alignment in that. It's just magical. So I, I love being a part of that. And the Helping Women Rise, I believe there's a book specifically on that and it's more geared toward the corporate career environment mm-hmm. um but the idea behind it is is really about that um what it is that we need to tap in and create that alignment that i mentioned and um it means something different for each woman it could mean um stepping into her own identity as a mom. It could be starting her own business. It could be really anything. And so that's why I love this work. It's so unique and each person needs something different on their own journey. And so that's what I, that's what I help women do. So is it, is it like a, an effort to help women kind of clarify what, what their intention or goal is, like whether it's in the corporate environment, Hey, I have this specific um, path that I want to follow or this particular role I want to fill, um, you know, or outside of the corporate work world, I want to create this passion project, or I want to be this 
particular person and or I want to feel this particular way is it helping them identify what that thing is yeah and and typically a lot of the women that I work with they already know but they kind of can shrink back or maybe hold themselves back from this big idea and they think oh who am I to do this who am I to want this I already have x y and z why would I want more why would I want something different um, so through, throughout a coaching conversation, I find that if you provide the right space of support and comfort and the right questions, the dream or vision emerges and we can really build off of that and, and work, work with how, how can we make this happen? Because we have this kind of dream in the back of our minds and we just kind of say, oh no, that, that's not right right now. Um, so it is... It is identifying sort of the how to go about doing it. Um, but typically when I work with folks, they kind of already have that knowing. Um, and it's just kind of pulling it back and pulling around the layers and understanding, okay, why, why is this important to you? What about that calls to you? And um, once that gets a lot of clarity, then the rest just really follows naturally. Mm, yeah, for sure. And I, and I imagine that there's a, like a particular process you would follow to extrapolate that. And then once you have that idea or once you have that goal in mind, then there's a, is there a particular process you follow? Is there, is it very bio-individual based on the person? It is, it's, it's both. And so there is a process throughout um, a coaching engagement and it's probably a good point to talk a little bit about the coaching industry because there's a few different ideas out there. It's actually quite a rogue industry. Um, so anybody can call themselves a coach. You don't need any formal training or credentialing. And so that's beautiful in a lot of ways, but it can also create um, so, some negative things. Yeah. And so a little bit of my background, I am certified and credentialed through the ICF. It's the International Coaching Federation. And so they are considered the gold standard or the only governing body in coaching. And so you have to jump through a, a few hoops to, to be able to say that, that you're a certified credential coach. Um, and so, so that's one piece. There's the, there's the credentialing piece. And then the other piece is just the perception of what coaching is to the world. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's thought of being handed a strategy when you provide a, a problem. You say, hey, my name's Erica. I'm, I'm stuck in my career. What's, what's the toolkit that I need to go get unstuck? And that does have a lot of value in more of a consulting relationship, but coaching is really more about how do we both get on the same page? How are we a collaborative partnership to unpack why there is a sense of stuckness? What do you want to do about it? How do you want to move forward? And so that's where what we call the coaching container comes into place. So if I am speaking with you, Tessa, and I say, um, if I create the conditions for a safe, judgment-free environment, that allows you to open up in, in ways with me as your coach, instead of maybe a friend or family member, they have um, maybe a particular opinion or perspective about what, what they would do if if they were in your situation. And my job is really to pull out from you as a creative resourceful human, um, what you think next best steps are and what you think you need to get unstuck. And so 
um, the process is really, uh, it's quite simple. It's creating that container. It's pulling apart the exploration part and then creating the alignment. So what actions need to take place? What, what kinds of exercises or tools do you need to um, really integrate the knowledge that was pulled out in the exploration? And so that, that's a very broad coaching process. And then I have various tools and programs that um, depending on what the client needs at, on that day or in that part of their journey that I dive into. So I have a couple different programs that, um, that I use depending on what that person needs. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you for, thank you for defining coaching. I oftentimes, and I wonder if this is specific to the, to the realm of life coaching, because there's so many different styles of coaching, you know, financial coaching or health coaching, or so when you say ICF certified, um, coaching this, this gold standard conglomerate, it, is it industry wide coaching or is it specific to life coaching? Yeah, it's industry wide. And the, and going back to the nuances of the industry, so I, you can be a certified health and wellness coach through the ICF, um, or you could be an executive coach through the ICF, and, and you have the same kind of hoops to jump through, but the nuances and the toolkits that you employ are specific to um, that kind of niche. And so if you have, for example, um, a background in nutrition, you have this whole toolkit toolkit that you can tap into um, that adds adds to your value as a coach that isn't necessarily within you know what what the ICF would call um, coaching. Got it. Okay, cool. That's so helpful. You know, I think it's such a it's it's kind of like <laughs> I feel like life coaching has become so um, popularized recently. And, mm -hmm. and there's so much mystery around what it actually is. I feel like we think, um, oh, there's this person who's going to help me get my life in order and who, who's going to help me become a TV star or write that best-selling <laughs> novel or lose that last 30 pounds or whatever it is. But, um, yeah, I just feel like there's a lot of mystery around like the process of that. How do you find a coach? What does that even mean to have a coach? If you use it. <laughs> it's so true. And I, to be frank, I was one of those people two years ago. If I, if somebody had said life coach, I would have been like, what, what even is that? Like, is it just someone who tells you how awesome you are and cheerleads you? Is it someone who wasn't quite academically inclined to become a therapist? And it wasn't until I experienced it and I experienced true coaching. So not that strategy handout that I mentioned earlier, but more that exp explorative, um, co-created relationship that I was like, I have got to get my hands on this because this is so powerful. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of how I, how I got into coaching in the first place. Um, but you're right. There's still that mystery or maybe the rogue coach that comes along and maybe isn't quite as helpful or doesn't quite have the right vibe that that you're hoping for and um so getting clear on what it is that you need um is definitely the first step and then finding a coach that aligns with you because there's so many out there and they all have a different approach um and it's such an intimate relationship that you want that comfort of knowing um hey this person I really I really um respect and vibe with them and I appreciate their approach and um all of that good stuff. 
Yeah. Thank you. That's helpful. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds similar to, you know, as I think about uh, working with a therapist, oftentimes it takes me, um, there's a lot of trial and error and just like any relationship, sometimes it's not the right fit. So I, I imagine that that is very similar. Yeah, it's so true. And, and the ther- there's a, um, a therapist coach comparison that also happens quite frequently. And I think that therapy as a modality is so important and so powerful. And it tends to be a little more diagnostic in nature and more backward thinking. So processing through the past, Mm. whereas coaching is more about present and future thinking. Um, That doesn't mean that emotions don't come up though, right? Like feelings are always part of our human experience and no matter how you explore them, it's still part of the conversation. So um, that's another little nuance between therapy and coaching. That's yeah, that's helpful. Thank you. Yeah. As you were speaking about that, I was the word manifestation keeps popping up, you know, just recently, like, um, in the work that I do in, in the people that I come into contact with, I wonder what your thoughts are on, you know, this idea of manifesting something in your life. Do you, do you encounter that? Do you work with that idea? What do you think? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's such a great question. And I get, um, I don't know if you've heard of, it's this gal down in Southern Oregon who sends out a mantra email every morning. It's called I am mantra. Um, It's a lovely little positive email that you get and it's a different one every day. And she talks a lot about manifesting. Um, I will say that. So I grew up with um, my mom is very into the spiritual and creativity and tapping into kind of the universe in that way. And my dad is very analytical, logical, cerebral. And so I have both of those sides as, as part of me. And so when I hear a word like manifesting, part of me is like, Ooh, I don't know about that. But then the other part of me sees it happen so much that I'm like, okay, we gotta, we gotta take stock here and see, see what's going on. I think it's um, one of the really powerful tools of coaching is thinking about your future and visioning it and speaking about, you know, what are you going to see and hear and and do in your perfect day in five years from now in your perfect career. And just the act of doing that and giving voice to those things, I think is a really big part of helping to manifest that. Um, And I've had many experiences where I'll be thinking about something and, and give it attention and intentionality. And then it just pops up in my life mm-hmm. in, you know, the next few days or a few weeks where it was just right. Um, and my word of the year. So I, I, I pick a word each year to focus on um, And this year in 2021, it's trust. And so thinking about how that plays into manifesting and trusting the timing of things and um, all of that kind of thing is, it's new for me. It's newer for me, but I think there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of good stuff in there. So yeah, I'm curious what your thoughts are as well on, on the whole manifesting ideology. Oh goodness. Yeah. It's, I have a similar reaction as you do. A part of me, my analytical side goes, I don't know. That sounds a little hocus pocus, you know, like the idea of the secret, have you read that book or is it a book or a movie? I've seen a movie that's called the secret, but I think it's also a book. 
anyways, <laughs> I feel like it's, it's, it's this idea that, oh, I want a bike for Christmas. I'm just going to think about it. And then, um, uh, and then I'll get a bike for Christmas, which <laughs> I don't believe that that's what the secret is trying to teach or, or tout. But I think that when we don't take the time to dig into what we mean by manifesting, that's how it can appear. Um, and so my thought process around it is that, yes, I have to, like what you're talking about, Erica, I have to have clarity around my goal to be able to speak it out loud and to be able to get support with it, to even be able to take a step towards it. And, and it's not just having the goal or the idea that brings it into fruition. It's having that clarity. And then maybe you, you work it backwards and see, okay, well, if I want to get here, what would be the next step right underneath that, you know, and then underneath that and underneath that. So you could kind of work it backwards. Like a good practice is, okay, I want to, um, I want to make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Okay. Well, how much, how much money do you need to make per month? Okay. Well, how many hours a week do you need to work to, um, to make that dollar amount per month? And, you know, what's your, what's your salary per hour or what's, what are you paying yourself per hour? So, and that way manifestation becomes a very practical exercise in understanding the exact steps that you need to take to get to that. Maybe it's a lofty goal in your mind, or maybe it feels far-fetched, but I don't think anything that you can dream, and this is how things get created, any idea or seed of thought that you can think of can become reality if you're willing to take the time to figure out how to make it work. But if you're telling yourself that's not going to work and it's not it's not attainable, then it's not. And it just won't work. So that's what I think about manifestation. Yes. I couldn't (laughs) agree with you more. And there's, it reminds me of, um, so, so I practice out, um, inside out coaching probably 80% of the time and then outside in coaching 20% of the time. And, 90 to 99 percent of our entire experience is unconscious we are just doing the behaviors and doing the um the things that that serve whatever goal we have and it's pretty unconscious Mm -hmm. and then we have the conscious side of ourselves where we're like okay i want to make a hundred thousand dollars this year and this is why etc etc Um, And in order to make that happen, you have to follow the inputs, you have to follow um, the unconscious and align it with what you want to be conscious. So if you want to make 100k, but you are the inputs that you're putting are actively ignoring, um, you know, reaching out to prospective clients or whatever it is that, that you need to do on the input side then the output is not going to ever align. And so it's bridging that gap and making sure that both the inputs and the outputs are um, speaking well with each other. And sometimes that means you got to uncover some limiting beliefs like, oh, it's never going to happen or, oh, that's too big of a number or whatever it it might be. Um, Because that is going to directly affect the actions that you take, um, whether it's conscious or not. And is that what you mean by outside in or inside out that, that the outside is unconscious or, or conscious? Yeah. So, so that, 
So outside in coaching would be, I want, I want to make this, this amount of money per year uh-huh. and we're going to track backwards, basically gotcha. what you just outlined and okay. figure out how to do that. Mm-hmm. But the inside out, we have to make sure that aligns with, um, uncovering any limiting beliefs or, or making sure that we, um, unpack anything that might be holding us back, uh, on an in- internal level. Okay. Thank you. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I I've heard this term before and maybe you and I have even had that conversation. Uh, but I wanted to be sure I was understanding. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks for clarifying. It's a good question. Yeah, of course. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about your programs cause they sound really interesting to me. So I, it's my understanding that there is a program that you have called root to rise. Yeah. And then 90 days in values alignment, which, which are two separate tracks of working with you. Right. Mm-hmm. What is roots? To, what is root to rise? Yeah. So root to rise is a six month engagement and it's this idea where we have to build our foundation and build the, the work that goes underneath whatever it means for you to rise. So, so like I mentioned at the beginning, helping a woman rise is completely um, individual to, to what her path and journey is, but everybody needs to do the foundational work in order to build upon that and, and bring to life whatever it is, your, your dream or your impact or your vision is for, um, for yourself or for your community. And so we spend a lot of time kind of unpacking um, what, what it is that, that you want, um, from the, from the impact and purpose lens, and then building on that and, and making it happen and putting the action plan in place. And then the values alignment is really, um, it's a 90 day program that hones in specifically on who are you, what are your values and how can you be more in alignment with those? Because um, a lot of times we get so many messages from media, from friends and family, where all of these things are important and all of these things, if you're not doing them, then, then you're missing out. Mm-hmm. Um, and values alignment really takes stock of what is most important to you so that you can align them with your actions and then disregard the rest. So if something isn't important to you, if you know going out to the bars on a Friday night is not important to you, you feel really good and confident that when you say no, it is for your yourself. Um, maybe you want to stay in watercolor on a Friday night and that it just totally aligns with your value of creativity, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you love connection and you love that social interaction, maybe going out with your friends on a Friday night is, is best for you. That's a really simple example, but it's the idea that you have a compass that you can check and, and make decisions off that and create that alignment there. I love that. So it, it's 90 days. Is there like a daily practice that differs or is there like something that you do without giving too much of it away? I'm just curious, like, um, how do you approach that on a daily basis? Yeah. So it's, um, I meet with clients to, uh, bi-weekly. So once every two weeks and we create action plans at the end of every session And so if somebody has determined at the end of session two, you know, I have these three or four values 
then we create that action plan and, and the ways to integrate that work into their life, because it's all well and good to say, oh yeah, these are my values. But unless you're actually living them, it's, it's not that helpful. So we need that time for integration. Um, and going back to the client is resourceful and creative and knows what they, they need. If they need a daily practice, then yes, we, we co-create that together and we figure out what it is that you need on a daily basis um, or others need uh, a weekly, maybe it's a combination. It really depends on the client, but um, we do have to do a lot of exploring before we can go into action mode um, and, and put it into um, our calendars and schedule. Yeah, that's, that's so key. I think we often, especially in our culture, jump to the okay, well, you want this. Well, you got to go do that action <laughs> right away. Let's, let's go do, do, do without understanding really the motive or the unconscious drivers within. So I think that's so valuable and helpful. I love that. Yeah. Especially in our instant gratification society, we're like, come on. Yeah. Um, but the exploration is really, it's really where the power is and the magic is. Yeah. For sure. That's where the juice is. And I find that it's so validating when I do exploration work. It's that stuff lights me up more than any actual action. Do do you know what I mean? That stuff is like, oh, I feel seen or valued or heard, even if it's just by myself, like it's my own inner kid that I've been ignoring. And, And we're like, okay, well, you know, you really need to go to sleep early because that's how you feel best. You, your circadian rhythms, you're, you've always been a morning person and you're not in alignment with right, that right now. And it's going to make you cranky. So, so go yes. to bed early and get up early. <laughs> I'm exactly the same way. And yeah, the expiration, it's, it's like, it's like knowing yourself a little bit better. It's really exhilarating when you're like, oh, I get why this happened or why I felt this way. Um, instead of kind of having things happen to you and reacting to them, mm-hmm. it's more, uh, it creates that response mechanism and, and curiosity instead of, um, yeah, things just happening to you. So it's definitely powerful. Totally. <laughs> uh, well, I want to talk to you about your, your yoga practice, because I know that you are a yoga practitioner and you are certified to teach. And with the, you know, the state of the world right now, I'm wondering what that's looking like for you, your, your yoga practice and are you teaching? Yeah, good question. So I, I do have a daily yoga practice and I've started to um, lean on Peloton a little bit for um, just the, it's so powerful to learn from other teachers you kind of have this idea in your head when it's like oh when you, when you know how to teach you shouldn't have to lean on anybody else and that's that's not the case at all it actually improves your own practice if you're always um, looking to others to inform your own practice so I do have a daily practice I tend to like to practice either first thing in the morning or in the afternoon um when I've when I've been sitting at the computer for several hours so um I do that. And Dennis Morton is my favorite on Peloton. Um, if anybody's a Peloton user, he has a very calming um, voice that I love. Um, and then teaching wise, I do teach at, um, so I, I do have another um, corporate job and I teach virtually um, to employees that are interested in, in that. Um, and it's been going really well. I think that 
um, people want that connection and that movement. And sometimes they like a familiar person instead of somebody on an app and other, other folks don't really care. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a very needed practice. I think that I have certain rituals that I do every day and they just help me to be a good human, a good coach. And then also to, um, kind of work through, through this pandemic time and, um, get, give me the, the core nutrients that I need. That's a term, um, core nutrients is a term by Tara Sophia Moore. She's another fabulous coach. Um, but it is, it's the core nutrients that are needed to kind of live a good life in this trying time right now. Yeah. Well, and you, you mentioned daily rituals. What are, do you mind sharing some of your daily rituals? Yeah. So I'm, uh, looking at my journal. So I have a, uh, a notepad that I carry with me everywhere. It's, uh, my journal and just, I use it for morning, um, stream of consciousness journaling. So there are very, there are several contemplative practices that, um, are helpful for, for us. And it just depends on what you, what resonates with you. So for me, that is journal writing in the morning. I also do meditation, um, through the waking up app. That's the one by Sam Harris. Um, yeah, it's, he has, he also has a very soothing, sleepy voice, which just makes it, uh, it makes it great. Um, so I do the, those two in the morning. Um, I also go on a walk in the morning. I think fresher in the morning is just so rejuvenating. Mm -hmm. Um, I also have a very strict phone routine. So I charge my phone in a totally different room from where I sleep. And I don't touch my phone until an hour after I've gotten up and started my day. And I do the same in the evening. So I'll, I'll, I'll shut it off and, and turn it on to charge, um, about an hour before I go to bed. Mm -hmm. And I think having that, um, buffer is just so good for mental space you know the constant notifications and all that is um there's so much data and science behind why that's not good for our brains and so I'm pretty strict about my phone routine in that sense um and then what else I also do um have you heard of the artist's way yes I have yes <laughs> So I, I do take myself on artist dates and for anyone not familiar, it's basically two hours dedicated to yourself to go play, go have fun, go be creative, do what your inner child might want to do. Um, go uh, tinker or make something and it doesn't have to be good or perfect. It's just allowing you that space to explore. Um, so I like to do that weekly as well. Um, yeah, I think those are my rituals. Those are great, Erica. I might type those up and share them as kind of tips to offer to people um, that are looking to add ritual or daily routine into their life, if yeah. that's okay with you. Absolutely. <laughs> the Artist's Way, I have that book and gosh, it's been over a decade since I've cracked it, but I love this idea of being with your child and yeah. um, your inner child and taking yourself on play dates and allowing that outside of having to be an adult and show up in a, you know, a quote unquote rational way or a logical way and just letting yourself be free to 
to create and, and experience that, you know, that inner joy, that inner creativity that comes from, from childhood. What a cool practice. It's so fun. And I, I will say my husband's actually excellent at it as well. We, um, he, he initiated build, building a very extensive blanket fort in our den and we had it up for so long and it was just so fun to go hang out in there and it was silly and fun and it was not a very adult-like thing to do, but it was a really lovely aspect, you know, throughout the winter of, of this last season. Yes. <laughs> Oh, I love that. How cool. Oh my gosh. My <laughs> sister and I used to build forts every day. Yeah. That's a great idea. <laughs> if yeah. you have basement space, just do it. Absolutely. Um, stream of consciousness writing in the morning. That's a ritual that I love to do. There's so many different ways to do it. I'm wondering, uh, so have you heard of morning pages? Yes. And that's also from the artist's way. Yeah. 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 That's right. It is. Okay. That's why I was connecting those two dots. And um, there's another practice that's very similar to that, that I've recently started to do. It's from a book called the clarity Ken cleanse. And mm -hmm. the author is Dr. Oh, I feel like I'm going to butcher his name. Said Habib Sadehi. And, um, so it's similar to morning pages in that you write stream of consciousness. So for anyone that's not familiar with that, you're just writing, um, the recommendation usually is, you know, unlined paper, let it be free flowing. Don't edit yourself. Even if you're just writing blah, 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 or gibberish or letters that don't make any sense, you just let it flow. And then, so the clarity cleanse takes it one step further. You set a timer for 12 minutes. And I can't remember the artist way might have you do it time too, but specifically 12 minutes. Um, and then after the 12 minutes is up, you burn the pages. Ooh. And it's so, I'm telling you, it's so cathartic because I don't know, you know, oftentimes as a writer myself, I will get a little bit stuck in my head in that, you know, I'll edit it because I'm, I always get into this mindset of like, well, who's going to read this? Is it going to be good enough? Is it going to hurt someone? And so burning it afterwards, I feel like allows me the freedom to write, write, write without a care in the world. And also helps me practice um, a parigraha, which is a Sanskrit term for non-grasping, right? Letting go mm -hmm. and not being attached to this written thing that I've created because I think that I need to remember something or create something out of it, or it's going to be my next memoir. And the idea is to just purge that emotion. And once you get that emotion on the page, the burning process of it ignites it and offers it up into the universe. This is, this is the idea so that you release that emotion from being stored in your body offer it up and let it go and let it move through you. Mm. So that would be my only addition to yes. morning pages. What, what a powerful practice. And that reminds me, so there's, there's a couple things that might stop people from trying, trying out journaling or trying out stream of consciousness writing. Mm -hmm. And it's exactly that, what you said, where it's like, oh, got to make sure, you know, some people are like, oh, I need to make sure that it's spelled right. It's grammatically accurate. They'll go back and edit it. And the idea behind stream of consciousness is that it doesn't even matter if it makes sense. And if you get stuck, if you're done with a thought, 
you can just keep writing that last word over and over and then something else is going to pop up and you can start writing again. It's a very, um, it downregulates your nervous system, the act of writing. And so there's just a lot of power to it um, in the act of, of writing. In the burning the pages, that reminds me of a practice. It's called unsent letters. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a similar, well, it's, it's not similar in the stream of consciousness, but it's the idea of addressing a letter to somebody who you need to say something to, whether it's forgiving them for something or you're angry about something and just writing a letter to them and saying everything that you need to say to that person. And then you don't send it. And some people will like to burn it in the same vein to like release it out into the universe or throw it away or shred it. Um, But burning it is very, um, there's a lot of power to that. Yeah. And just even being able to watch it, you know, Yeah, I mean, think about like how, how, soothing it is to sit in front of a fire and stare at the flames and to be able to watch that go up in smoke and just letting it go. It's really a very tangible way to let something go. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so I want to be, sorry, I'm like wiggling around. I want to be mindful of our time, but I, I have a couple of more questions for you. Yeah. Go for it. So, the the first of the two is what are some words of wisdom that you live by? Like if it's a personal motto or a mantra, do you have anything that comes to mind? You know, one that I heard a couple years ago that stuck with me is um, it's kind of funny. It's just stop shooting all over yourself. And I think I learned it in a group coaching cohort, something like that. And it's always stuck with me because especially with women, we find um, there's a lot of should language that we employ where it's like, oh, I I should be a better mom. I should do this. I should do that. Um, And language is powerful. We, um, going back to the manifesting uh, topic, it's like the things that we say, they, they, they affect our body, they affect our brain. And so just removing language where you're kind of down down on yourself by something as simple as removing should from your language is really powerful so I, I like that one um as well as compare and despair I think the idea of comparison really um it it just in the same way that it, it puts a downer on us we we don't need it and it's the opposite of gratitude and gratitude can just um make such a difference. So compare and despair. I like to think about that, especially when it comes to the Instagram world where you're just always like, oh, they're on, on vacation and I'm not. Um, so changing it to gratitude is better in my view. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Should, don't shit on yourself. I uh, worked also in the corporate work world. You, Eric and I have a similar background, yeah. um, corporate work worldwide. And one of my coworkers taught me that she would always say, don't shit on yourself, Tessa. <laughs> <laughs> and uh I that's always stuck with me too so I love that you bring that up thank you yeah um okay last question what are you most looking forward to right now <laughs> I have an easy one for that it's the <laughs> yoga retreat in May oh me too right yes me Erica and I well a group of us <laughs> are going yes eric and i are just going a group of us are going on retreat in may to mexico 
Um, this it's this amazing. You haven't been there yet, have you? I've never been to Mexico, so oh, this really? is a big first for me. I'm so excited. I feel so honored that you're that you're coming with us. I'm very excited for you too. Hmm. We are going to a, a very remote resort uh, called Chinalani that is only accessible by a boat. So you fly into the airport, you get on a boat, and you go to this magical little resort. And I kid you not, it reminds me of the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. Oh. Have you looked at pictures yet? I have. I have. And now that you've said that, I'm like, yes, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> And everything is open to the ocean. So our sleeping rooms, everything has three walls um, and uh, it's safe, <laughs> right? Like everything is safe, but everything is facing the ocean. So sleeping rooms, eating area, our yoga practice space. Um, it's just, oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited for you and for oh, me. <laughs> I am too. I'm, it's just so good to be able to um, get, a, get away from all the shoulds of daily life. Right. Yeah. yeah. Have get you been on the retreat before? I have, um, I've been on two retreats and they're just magical. Uh, one in Costa Rica and one, um, to the Oregon coast and anything with water. It's very healing and just wonderful. Yeah. What would you, okay. I guess that wasn't my last question, but I do have a question about yoga retreat for the person that's never tried it and not sure what to expect or is a little bit, you know, kind of like, is it worth it? Cause there are a lot of money, like it's an investment. Um, mm. What would you say to that person? I need to take my coaching hat off <laughs> so that I'm not like asking a question back. I, I would say that the value is in excess of any cost because there is something, um, there's something magical about the unplugging and being away from the, the day-to-day um, to-do lists and the tasks and the busyness that we're so accustomed to that it's like a breath of fresh air and you you make of it what you want. I, I will say that um, if you are open to the experience, it's going to be so much more wonderful if, than, than being closed-minded about it. Though so there's, um, I mean, just the fact of people cooking food, you don't have to clean, you don't have to prep anything, like everything is given to you and you get the opportunity to just be. And we don't get that opportunity very often. Um, and it helps when you're on retreat with wonderful humans, um, which typically anyone who goes on retreat, they're usually wonderful. <laughs> Amen, sister. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Erica, well, I so appreciate you being here. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your practices and all the cool things that you're doing with us. If anyone wants to follow up and reach out to you, what's the best way to get in touch? Yeah. So my website is ericagiselle.com. Um, my email is connect at ericagiselle.com. So any, any way you can get a hold of me, I am launching my, my heart talk project, which is a gifted coaching experience. So if you're like, what is this coaching thing? I don't think I understand it. The best way to experience that is to try it on. And so I'm, I'm gifting 15 conversations in April 
um, 90 minutes each. And the 90 minutes is on, it's lengthy on purpose. It's really a deep dive. And so if that's something you're interested in. Um, please don't hesitate to reach out. And I'm sure Tessa can help put the appropriate links in, in the appropriate distribution channels for that. Yes. Thank you for reminding me of that. The Heart Talk Project, that was inspired by a book by Cleo Wade, who is a poet, correct? Yes. It is. <laughs> I love this book so much. Um, it's poems, it's mantras, it's steps for self-care. It's just all, all good stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so you're giving away 15 free sessions. Mm-hmm. And I will definitely link those in the show notes. And it begins April, remind me of the dates. April 5th to April 25th. So it's a three week long project. Um, and it's such a gift to be able to chat with people all over the world and offer this gift to people who are, are curious and want, want to know more. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Erica. So nice thank to you. Have you. This was so fun. Appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. If you have any feedback, comments, questions, or even requests for future podcast topics, please feel free to reach out to me on the social media handles, Facebook at Tessa Marie Tovar, Instagram, Yogi underscore Katniss, um, email address tessa.tovar, that's T-O-V as in Victor, A-R at iCloud.com. I love to hear from my students and I'm always happy to talk about this kind of thing for you. If you don't listen, I don't do this. And my goal is to spread the word about what yoga means on and off the mat, in particular, spreading the word outside of the studio. Thanks for tuning in and have a lovely day. Bye.